Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds Podcast once again. This is episode number 215, entitled Check Out, Check Out WC for a customised WooCommerce experience. It was published on Thursday the 4th of February 2021. My name's Nathan Wrigley and a couple of small bits of housekeeping just before we begin. We are WP Builds and we produce lots of WordPress content each and every week. We produce a podcast episode, that's what you're listening to now, that comes out every Thursday. But we also produce a show called This Week in WordPress. Now you can find that by going to our Facebook group, which is wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook, every Monday at 2pm UK time, or you can go to wpbuilds.com forward slash live to join in the show. We would really love to have you along, and it's very nice when people make comments as the show is progressing. To keep in touch with everything that we produce, head over to wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe and fill out one of the forms there. Another page worth mentioning is wpbuilds.com forward slash deals, which is a searchable and filterable list of deals. The deals never go away. They're there 365 days of the year, and I like to say it's a bit like Black Friday, but every day of the year. So that's wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. And finally, wpbuilds.com forward slash advertise if you would like to get your product or service in front of a WordPress specific audience, a bit like AB Split Test have done. Do you want to set up your A-B split test in record time, like in a couple of minutes? Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part is, it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder and the WordPress block editor. You can check it all out and get a demo at absplittest.com. Okay, let's get on with the main event. Today I'm speaking with Clifton Griffin all about his plugin called Checkout WC. Now, this plugin assists WooCommerce and alters the checkout experience. The idea is borrowed heavily, as Clifton says, from Shopify. It's a slimmed down, easy to fill out three-step process, which hopefully will give a little bit of a boost to your checkout. The idea being that you take your existing customers and just convert a few more percent of them because the whole process is so frictionless. He talks to us today about why he built the plugin and, of course, all about the features and the benefits that you can get once you've acquired the plugin. Speaking of acquiring it, you can actually get 15% off the plugin if you go to the show notes to do with this podcast episode and you can see that there's a coupon code there. So remember, 15% off, check out WC, check it out in the show notes. I hope that you enjoy the podcast. Hello there. Thank you for joining us on the WP Builds podcast. We got to the interview at this point. We're talking today with Clifton Griffin. I I haven't actually asked if that's how you pronounce your name, but it's so so sublimely straightforward. I'm guessing I've got it right. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. And you're based in Virginia, North America, and he's going to be talking to us today about a product that he's got in the WordPress space called Checkout WC. As I always like to do at the beginning of the podcast, I'm going to say you may you may like to pause right at this second and go to checkoutwc.com 
have that page on, then come back, click on pause, and you can follow along with what we're doing. You know, you can actually look at the pricing page as we're going and so on. But um, check out WC. What is it, Clifton? What's the point of it? Yeah, Checkout WC is a drop-in solution for WooCommerce that um, replaces your checkout page. Um, so it replaces the version that maybe is in your theme or just the default um, checkout page design that comes from WooCommerce Core um, with a multi-step, um, really beautifully designed, um, featureful checkout page uh, with the goal being to increase conversions and uh, provide more delightful experiences for your customers. Okay, thank you. So if I was to, let's say that forgetting forgetting pricing and all of that stuff, we'll come on to that later. Let's say that I downloaded this plugin and, and I am really sublimely ignorant of how WordPress works. What would be the what would be the time it would take me to to get this going in a way which is meaningful to me? You know, it would actually alter the checkout. Do I have to go through many hoops? Do I have to go through a whole bunch of settings or can I literally install it, activate it, and broadly speaking, we're done? Uh the latter. So um, we've tried to make it as um, easy to use as possible. Um, a lot of solutions in this space are kind of uh, more, they lean more towards page builders. And uh, we try to be much more opinionated than that. So um, when you activate it, we look up your, you know, for instance, we grab your logo um, from your WordPress logo settings and we set that up as your logo. You can make that, you can change it later, uh, but it's there for you to use. And all the basics are set up for you. Um, it should just work. So, um, you know, of course, it's an e-commerce site. So you want to make sure you test it. You don't want to just activate it on your live site and assume everything's good. Um, <laughs> that's a great way to lose sales. Um, <laughs> yeah. But there's no, you know, the customization really comes down to your preferences. It's not, um, you know, here, make a bunch of decisions to use it. Uh, we set good defaults that we think most customers should use, and then you can tweak it beyond that. In terms of customization, I mean, padding and margins and all of that sort of stuff, we'll, we'll put all of that to one side, but probably what most people will be interested in, you know, is the sort of colors and whether or not it brings along for the ride the theme colors that you've chosen. I'm guessing to some extent it will. Yeah, so um, with theming colors, um, it's kind of interesting because there's not really a standard interface to get no. those. You know, every theme kind of does it different. Um, you have themes that have completely custom um, kind of page builders and admin setting panels um, built in. So um, each of our themes has default colors. And um, if you go to our design settings, there's just color pickers that you can choose um, you know, so you can, in just a few minutes, set your brand colors and uh, you'll be good to go. Okay, thank you. Now, obviously, there's a lot of people in who listen to this podcast who are WordPress users. In fact, I'd venture to say all of them are WordPress users. But um, some of them may be maybe heavy users of WooCommerce. Maybe some of them have explored it a little bit. But there's a problem with the, the WooCommerce checkout experience, clearly, in your estimation, if you've taken the time to create and release a plugin which solves those problems. Do you want to just run through what the limitations are with WooCommerce, the sort of default checkout experience? What's what's up with it? What needed to be improved? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so, you know, WooCommerce is incredibly powerful. Um, you know, one of the... the best things about it is that you can do just about anything you want with it. Um, where it gets a little weak is in the particulars of how it looks when you first install it. Um, the product pages are um, pretty good. The cart page is very functional. Um, where I saw the biggest need in the WooCommerce space is the checkout page um, because it's really the most important 
um, page, um, you know, for most stores because it's it's really where sales are made or broken. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the estimates are seventy to eighty percent of customers abandon their cart. Um, well, that means they took the step of you know they went to your site, they looked at your products, they liked them enough to click add to cart. They get to the checkout page. You know what is stopping them from continuing at that point? Mm. And I think if you're just using the default design, um, you're very likely to lose a lot of customers that you could potentially keep, just because it's very, um, it's robust, it works well, but it's extremely utilitarian. Um, it's not pleasing to look at. Um, the sequence of fields that you fill in and kind of the steps you take are. Um, sort of kind of a zigzag, you know, you start with the billing information on the left and then you have to decide, okay, do I want to use a different shipping address? You check that box. Well, now there's fields on the right and, um, you're kind of zigzagging your way down. So there's not, not a clear, um, sequence of steps. Um, so what we try to do with checkout WC, um, which we borrowed, you know, heavily from Shopify's, uh, design, I, you know, don't make any, (laughs) I don't try to hide that. It's very (laughs) obvious. Uh, but what we try to do is keep people in a single domain of knowledge. Um, so on the first step, we just ask for your shipping address and your email address. And then uh, when you click next, uh, we present the shipping methods. And so you pick a shipping method. And then the third tab is about payment. And that's also where we show um, the ability to define a separate billing address. But by default, we just take your shipping address. Um, so what this does is basically it gives people the feeling of progress um, so when you're on step two, you can see at the top, oh, I've only got one more step to go. Hmm. Um, it also uh, just reduces confusion because you're not being asked to consider 50 fields all at the same time. We're taking a select number of those fields and showing them to you um, that are all in the same category of information. Um, so when you're entering that address, you're not thinking, oh, is this the address that's with my bank that's tied to my credit card? Um, it's very clear this is the shipping address. Um, so we're trying to really reduce that friction. Um, you know, like I said, design-wise, um, even process-wise, we did steal a lot from Shopify, and we were inspired by them heavily. Uh, but we also um, simultaneously um, have tried to stay up with the Baynard checkout user testing reports mm-hmm. and really um, look for opportunities to go further. And um, there's a lot of functionality we've added on top of that that, is all in that same vein of trying to automate everything we can and really reduce friction um, to as near zero as we can get, because um, that's going to lead to more sales. In terms of the, the sort of the things that WooCommerce have have got wrong, if you like, for want of a better word, is is it simply a legacy of WooCommerce not kind of keeping up with the times? That is to say that if we were to roll back the clock, I don't know, let's say, let's pluck five years out of thin air. If we were to go back five years, would the WooCommerce checkout experience have been kind of up to scratch at that point? And and is it simply that rival platforms, and you mentioned um, Shopify, which obviously you say you've borrowed heavily. So if you've used Shopify, you'll have a very good idea of what this is like. Is it that they've innovated and WooCommerce has stood still? Or have, how, does it, how does it work that WooCommerce, this giant leviathan of a platform, haven't got this stuff already in there? Yeah, that's a good question. I, you know, I think that when this uh, default checkout page was conceived of, it probably was uh, much more up to date in look and feel and just kind of adhering to sort of the norms of the day. 
Um, I think the biggest challenge is they've got 4 million stores and countless themes that have their own extensions of those templates. And it's really hard for them to make opinionated, aggressive changes without potentially breaking millions of stores. Um, so they have to be really thoughtful and considerate about how they do that. Um, you know, we don't have to be as careful because, um, you know, we're, we're targeting customers who care about this stuff um, and we're doing it in a really opinionated way. We actually don't even load your theme on the checkout page by default. Um, we just take, take over the markup from top to bottom because um, we don't want to pull in all that baggage. And we also, <laughs> it's part of our philosophy of, um, you know, if someone's on the checkout page, the only thing that you should have them focus on is purchasing. You know, they shouldn't be looking at your header with a thousand links to all of your other products. All of those links are potential ways for them to exit the cart and never come back. Um, so it's, it's a, you know, e-commerce is really hard. Um, yeah. so I, I don't really fault them. Um, I, I think it would be hard for them to have a out of the box solution that is, um, as optimized, um, you know, it's it's a it's a tough landscape. Yeah, yeah. Just just on that point, I just wonder if you know. Obviously, you you've heavily invested in this now. You've clearly spent a lot of development hours and no doubt sunk some money as well into all of this. And um and there is a, a an element, there is a chance that uh, that WooCommerce could do to you what you've done to WooCommerce. That um you know they could turn around in a couple of weeks and you know literally come out with something which uh, is akin to what you've got here does and again sort of stepping to one side a little bit does that kind of stuff worry you the fact that you don't have uh control over that stuff and you've obviously spent ages building this and it might all um sort of crumble around your feet if WooCommerce decide to amend their own cart yeah you know that is a a very legitimate uh risk um you know right now i think it's a pretty low risk um for the same reason i think they're not really aggressively updating their own designs mm -hmm. i think that um they build a monster that's kind of too big to control in some ways um you know but i do see movements where you know um, some of those movements may not be extremely friendly um to outside competition like uh you know, the use of, uh, you know, they just rolled out WooCommerce payments. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, they're steering people into their own payment platform. Um, so you have to ask, well, how, you know, friendly will they be to other payment platforms over time? Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's an open question. We haven't really seen anything to indicate that they're making a big change there. Um, but they also came out recently with a beta of a um, kind of Gutenberg style checkout page that's hmm. based on a block and um it's a lot better probably than um you know the current checkout page but it has significant limitations um you know only works with woocommerce payments or stripe right now i think hmm. um you know and it's not necessarily it doesn't really even fix the the acknowledged problems with their current checkout page um there's a github issue that kind of goes in depth of you know, here's all the sort of inefficiencies um, in the user experience of that page. And I don't really think it necessarily addresses those, um, at least not all of them. Mm -hmm. But, you know, part of me does wonder, um, is this strategy of moving towards a block system um, trying to consolidate power, you know, in yeah. some sense? I, I really don't know the answer. I, I asked their team about it in one of their weekly chats, and they said, well, we don't. It's kind of an experiment. We don't really know where we're 
going with this block layout um, approach to the checkout page. But part of me also thinks um, you're investing a lot of time for an experiment. So I, I think there's probably a bigger play. But um, I hope that if they do roll out something like that, that they um, maintain backwards compatibility for because um, it's not reasonable that you know theme developers are going to become experts in React. Um, yes, I yes. think that. <laughs> Yeah. PHP templates, you know, the templates we're all familiar with customizing um, that are really easy to customize um, provide enormous benefits for um, developers, whether you're, a, yeah, you know, a light developer, maybe an integrator who just kind of mostly takes things off the shelf and puts them together, maybe tweaks a few things, or you're a hardcore developer, um, it's faster when you just have uh, kind of standard templating practices mm -hmm. that we're all used to. So I, it, no one can really tell the future, but it is—it's something that we're keeping an eye on, and I, I hope that, you know, they'll acknowledge that one of the reasons they have four million stores is because of how easy it is to customize, and that they won't take any sort of anti-competitive actions there. Yeah. But yeah. it's something that we have to keep an eye on for sure, and yeah. there is, you know, some amount of risk there. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what it would be. Well, I mean, obviously, yeah, it's an unknown. You just have to, well, nobody would build anything if there wasn't some element of risk, I'm sure. So let, let's, right. let's, let's, let's move on. You know, on. worst case scenario, we'll just fork WooCommerce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I would never no. do that. But maybe no, yeah, someone good luck else with that. would. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned earlier that 70 to 80 percent of... Um, of abandonment happens at the cart stage um you know they've got the the cart filled up with stuff that they've done it, it, that is an extraordinary number actually when i think about that you know the, because the time the time taken often to get the cart full and i don't have any data on this but you know the, the, you probably browse for minutes possibly longer to get the cart full and uh, you're just having a little bit of play it's a bit like window shopping you wander into wander into the shop and you just sort of look at all the shirts and the blouses and the trousers and all of that and you know, you never end up walking out with anything actually bought and paid for. It's it's the same here, but eighty percent is extraordinary. That's a lot of window shopping. So specifically, do you, do you have any metrics on on the things that you have implemented, which kind of turn that curve a little bit towards the the sellers, you know, in the seller's favour? And are we talking about massive gains um, that you can point to, or are we just really just massaging little incremental wins here and there? In other words, to paraphrase my question, how how much better is the conversions with your car? Yeah, that's that's a, a great question. Um, we have information from customers that is kind of anecdotal. You know, um, I think one of our testimonials, um, you know, they saw a increase of like, uh, let's see. Right here, seventeen percent. Nice. Um, versus the uh, checkout page they were using before. So you know that means for every hundred, um, mm. well, <laughs> I mean, let me try to do math here live on the air. Yeah, uh, I was gonna that's say that's significant. Go you know, and that's that's much easier <laughs> if you can increase if you can capture seventeen percent more um, of the customers who are already on your site that added something to the cart. They get to the checkout page. If you can capture 17% more of them, um, that's a lot easier than um, bringing a lot more traffic to your site. You know, there's a, uh, I don't remember who said this, but, you know, it's like um, doubling your conversion rate, you know, from 1% to 2% is a lot easier than doubling the number of people that come to your site. Right. Uh, you know. But that's hmm. the same yep. metric, right? At the at the end of the day, you're, you've doubled your sales. 
Um, so that's really where we're operating. And, and one of the things that is on our list is to um, do some case studies. Um, we're working with a content partner that is good at that stuff, and we're going to connect them to some customers who are willing to talk about their experience and really try to get some more um, anecdotal yes, but um, you know, real-life experience of this is how we improved our right conversion rate yeah it feels like that would be a, an absolute easy win if you had you know categorical data that you could point to and say typically you implement this solution even if you don't customize it too much you're you're up for five percent or twelve percent or whatever it may be i mean the truth is there's nobody listening to this podcast who hasn't had a bad experience in e-commerce woocommerce aside we've mm-hmm. all been to those antiquated stores where the the, the actual the shop experience itself was as expected. You know, you browse around and you click on buttons and the cart fills up and then you go to the cart and you have every intention of buying. Literally, you're committed to buying and the, yeah. the cart just kills you. You know, you literally, <laughs> I, it just won't work. I can't get to active actively be inside that box on my mobile phone or just something's not right. It's asking me too many questions. There's no way I'm giving them this information. So I'm guessing that's it. You're just tweaking, massaging little things, cutting out the extraneous stuff, speeding things up, automatically looking up certain things, maybe making it easier so that you can go back and amend things. So let's drill down specifically. You, you mentioned quite a few of these things the beginning if we hit it let's say that we've been to a woocommerce shop and we put some widgets into the checkout and we then decide we're going to buy and we end up at the first hurdle that you're presenting us with so you've hijacked woocommerce's checkout procedure what what is the what is the quickest that you can give us to get from um from hitting the the checkout the cart button to actually purchasing what's the fastest fastest way that we can do that with uh, wc checkout sorry checkout wc Right. Um, so the fastest way um, would be if you're using Stripe and uh, um, you've enabled Apple Pay. Um, you know, we're going to put that button right up top. And when you nice. click that button, I use it every time I can. It's by far the fastest um, way to check out just because um, there's no password. It's literally your fingerprint or your face. Um, you know, you are it using cards that are already stored in your Apple wallet. Um, you know, addresses that are already available. So you don't have to type in anything. You just click the button, you know, authenticate it and you're done. Can I just interrupt at uh, this point? Because I'm not sure. an Apple yeah, user ahead. and I, I have no no insight into how this, this system works. But from everything that you've described, it sounds like voodoo. It's just pure magic. Does it suck it out? It pretty much of, is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've used Google's rival because I have an Android phone, but I've only used that in bricks and mortar stores. I don't think... I've ever uh, enabled the option, or rather, use that option when I've seen it on a, an online store. But just run us through that process. So you click the Apple button. Does Apple somehow surrender other details apart from the payment information? Like, will it will it pre-fill? I don't know, shipping addresses and stuff like that, or is that have I just it, jumped the gun? Sorry. Yeah. No, it, it actually bypasses the entire checkout page. So um, when you click it, the browser brings down a, a kind of a native OS modal that lists, you know, your shipping address um, that they pull from your contact information tied to your Apple account, um, the card, uh, the default payment card that's in your wallet. Um, you can click on it and change it, but you don't have to enter any card numbers. And it pulls the shipping methods from the site. Um, so it's all right there. Um, and once you click pay, um, it just goes straight to the thank you page. So it doesn't it's not like PayPal where you log into PayPal and then it takes you back to the site and everything's pre-filled and then you hit complete. Um, 
though you can skip that part with PayPal, um, but that's generally how it works. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's really, it just takes over the whole process. So that um, that's, you basically achieve the whole thing. There's two buttons. You, 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 you're at the cart, you click the Apple button and then you click a confirm button once you've just scanned through and checked everything's okay yeah. and you're done. So what's that? 20 seconds, maybe? <laughs> yeah. And, and that works best if you are kind of adhering to the philosophy that we're trying to instill in our customers, which is, um, don't ask for anything that you don't absolutely need. Right, right, right. Um, so you may want to send your customer a birthday card on their birthday with a discount cut or something. That's a great idea. It's a nice impulse. Um, probably even works really well. Um, there's a better time to ask them for their birthday than on the checkout page um, because every single field that you ask them to fill in, even optional fields, is just a little barrier you're putting between them and a final sale. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we, we recommend not if it if a field is optional, you should probably remove it. You know, an exception would be like address line two for apartments and suites and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but virtually everything else don't have company on there unless you need company. Um, you know, are you going to use that information? Um, is it going to be part of the shipping label? No, drop it. You know, there's no reason to have it. It's just one more thing the customer has to see and make a decision about. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and the other, a really big thing that we try to, uh, we have, we try to have really good defaults here. Um, we're a little bit more opinionated on this than on some other stuff. Is that um, when it comes to accounts, um, we have a philosophy that says um, if you're going to offer accounts, you should register them automatically. So don't make them pick a new password on the page. Just generate a password for them. Um, this is a feature built into WooCommerce already, um, where essentially it'll generate a password and email it to them upon a successful purchase. Um, trying to pick a password is um, one of the most problematic steps in a checkout page, because if you're trying to be good and secure, yeah, yeah. and you're like most people um, who are not in tech and don't have a password manager, now you're trying to come up with some good password, you know, so you have to really put some effort into oh, it. But even the password um, manager is just a killer on mobile. You know, how many times are you trying yeah. to keep your finger hovering on that copy, right? paste over it? Yeah, it's, it's not it's not fun. <laughs> and, and there's another problem, which is, you know, we also tell people um, to always allow guest orders whenever possible. Right. So even if someone already has an account, let them check out as a guest the next time they're purchasing. Yeah. Um, because customers shop at lots of stores and they may not remember if they have an account with you and they don't want to be bothered with trying to remember their password. They just want to make the sale. Yeah. It's, um, it's a, if you, sorry, yeah, you carry ahead. on. No, no, no. no please, you. Uh, well, if you, if you're used to selling subscriptions or something like that, you may have to have an account and that, um, we also try to help out there where if once you enter your email address, we'll do a quick lookup. Um, in the back end to see if you have a user account and let the customer know, hey, it looks like you have an account. Do you want to log in? Um, so we try to like minimize the friction there as much as possible. Mm. Um, w- with that, just a couple of things anecdotally from from being a, a user of these things. Yeah, the password managers are a killer. Yes, I will always check out with a guest registration if that's on offer. It's it, it very often, even if I know I've got an account, because you know I just like to keep my information to myself. Um, but but the mobile thing is just so beguiling and compelling. Do you know if um, 
Do you know if this, you, you mentioned Apple Pay. Obviously, I said that I'm a Google Pay user. Do, do you have mm-hmm. an integration with Google Pay? Is that even an option that's available or is that it coming down the pipe? Yeah, that's all handled by gateways. Mm-hmm. Um, so Stripe has a Google Pay um, button. I've seen it. I am not really super familiar with Google Pay. Um, I know it works, but uh, you know, I assume it's very similar to Apple Pay mm-hmm. um, where um, it's kind of, short-circuiting the process and using information that Google already has about you to minimize the number of steps required to purchase. Okay. And on mobile, that's especially important. Uh, so this is a Stripe thing. If you've enabled it in Stripe, it'll come across into your checkout, will it? If Google Pay was enabled in mm-hmm. Stripe, it we're good to go. There it will be alongside the Apple one if you've in, if you've never enabled that as well. And, and the same for Braintree. Yep. Yep. Um, so I, I don't think the official Braintree um, gateway has this functionality, but there's one out there by Payment Plugins, um, who's a friend of the plugin. Um, we're working with him to make sure our systems work perfectly together. Uh, but his actually um, includes Apple Pay. You know, it includes Google Pay, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, let, let's imagine there that we're um, we're slightly more luddite than uh, than that, and we've got to we've got to use some sort of I don't know credit card or PayPal or something like that. Um, and you mentioned earlier that you know the best way is the quickest way. Let's get back mm-hmm. to that. If we've got to actually input details, what is it that you're doing to to speed this up and keep it slimline so that you know conversions are not lost? Yeah, we ha- we have a couple of features there um, that are kind of try to go above and beyond. Um, out of the box, what we do is um, when you enter your postcode, um, which we've ordered the fields to maximize the usefulness of this. So we have country and then postcode, then state and city. Um, as soon as you enter your postcode, we do a lookup and we autofill in your state and city. Oh, nice. Um, it's public information. There's yeah. no reason to make people fill in three fields when yep. they can fill in one. Yep. There are some limitations um, to this, and I, I'm sorry to say uh, this affects you in the UK. <laughs> um, there are countries that, for reasons I can't fathom, have copyrighted their postal code information. Yeah. So it's illegal <laughs> to maintain a database like that. So our zip service does have limitations when it comes to, um, I think, particularly... UK postcodes, um, but I think there's some other European countries that fall into this camp. I'm apologizing on behalf of everybody in the UK (laughs) for for this oversight. I appreciate that. (laughs) Uh, But for those people, um, you know, we do have uh, Google Maps address autocomplete. So um, it takes a little bit more setup um, from the merchant's perspective, but I think it's well worth it. Um, You know, as you type, it's looking up addresses that are located near you. And you click an address, and it'll fill in the whole thing for you. So wait, um, that's wait, a great alternative. Wait, what you see a map, and you, 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 this is a confirmation thing, or this is a way of actually putting your address into the fields. It's as you're typing into Got um, the address field, it starts showing you suggested addresses um, mm. from Google Places, I guess. Okay, Google yeah, Maps yeah, is probably yeah. A misnomer there. Yeah. Um, so that that's one way to do it, and. Um, you know, we also have support for, you know, a lot of stores are like, hey, we only sell in Canada. Can we make sure the addresses are only from Canada? And so we have um, an easy way for merchants to define a list of countries that they want to prioritize in Google Places as they're typing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a great, that covers the UK, it covers the whole world. Um, it is a premium feature that requires our middle tier, or higher tier, um, but 
we think if you can do that, you should probably do that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, anything else? Yeah. Um, so beyond that, you know, we, we just, um, one thing we're adding right now, for example, just to kind of show you, um, just sort of like how we approach this stuff and what we're kind of having the pipeline. Um, you know, we've been working on this for two and a half, three years. And um, the version we're just about to release has a feature we're call, calling user matching. Hmm. And so this gets back to that account dilemma of I don't remember if I have an account or I prefer to use a guest account um, just because I don't want to, you know, mess with my password manager. Um, what we do is essentially um, if you have an account and you place a guest order, um, we will look up at the time the order is purchased whether an account exists for that email address and if it does, we'll tie that order to that account so that when you log into my account later, you'll see that order with all your other orders. So regardless uh, of whether you've, you, so you are trying to be anonymous in a certain set, you're not logging in, but it's you are helpfully uh, matching up orders with pre-existing customers automatically. Right, because nice. what happens a lot, um, I've seen it with my clients, um, is they will get an email from a customer and the customer will say, hey, you know, what the heck, I purchased something from you, I'm just trying to find the order, it's not under my account. And then we look it up and, yeah, you know, every single time what happened is that the customer thought they had logged in, they didn't, they forgot, and so now they're wondering where that order is, but it's kind of island, it's on an island by itself away from their other orders yeah, to yeah, tie to yeah. their account. So we match it up. Um, and the other thing we do is, um, in this feature, is... When you register an account for the first time um, during checkout, we will look up to see if there's any guest orders in the past that match that email address. And if they do, we pull those, we associate those old orders with the new account. Um, so it's all about, you know, it's, it's about friction reduction. Um, you know, accounts are obnoxious for customers to juggle. They don't remember if they have them. They don't want to log into them but they do want somewhere that they can go to see all their orders. Mm. And this is a nice way for us to essentially just automate away some of that pain. Um, when somebody logs in and they see that order and they're like, oh, that's amazing. They recognized <laughs> that I used the same email address and now I'm seeing it, you know? Yeah. Um, so we're just trying to create delight and surprise. And, and also it just, it helps merchants. They're going to get fewer support tickets asking, why an order isn't showing up in my account yeah. or you know, yeah. things along those lines. One of the um, one of the things that I noticed from actually, if you haven't done so already, just pause. Go to check out WC and assuming that the uh, uh, sorry WC dot com, assuming that the uh, the website itself hasn't changed, there is a, a what I'm going to say is an animated GIF of the the process on a typical um, flow. And one of the things that I really like, you know, it's, it's really clear. You've got everything happening on the left and then, you know, resultant stuff happening on the right. So you can see how, how things are being updated and what have you and what the total is. And it's all very nice. It's just sort of like the use of space, the way that stuff gets out the way. And this one fairly minimal UI, um, everything is done within the same space. So once something's completed, it just sort of disappears. It's gone from your from your viewport. And I can imagine that this would be really useful on mobile. Uh, one of the things which frustrates me a lot is the endless scroll of the checkout on mobile where, you know, it's just a long, long list of things to complete. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm guessing 
that this has been optimized for mobile such that you know you try to keep as much on that one screen as possible and again stuff gets out of the way once you've completed that step yeah so um, on mobile that right side that lists your cart and your totals all that stuff gets collapsed into an accordion at the top of the screen that says show order summary um, so you click it it'll show your what's in the cart what the details of like the subtotal shipping taxes all that stuff um, but when it's closed you just see your total yeah um, so it's a way for us to get all that information out of the way um, while you know and keeping people focused on what we want them to be doing which is filling out the form yeah yeah um, uh, on, <clears throat> carry on uh, well I was gonna say another um, thing that we didn't really talk about you know but it's in that same vein of we want to keep people on the checkout page it's just uh, you know how many times does somebody or you know add something to the cart they go to checkout and they at the last second say you know what you know I don't think cousin Greg is gonna want one of these shirts so I'm just gonna change that you know three shirts to two shirts and they realize, oh, I can't do it from here. I have to leave checkout, go back to the cart page, make the change, and go back to checkout. Yep. Um, so one of our features that we, uh, you know, add to our um, sort of premium license tiers is cart editing, um, which gives you a quantity toggle where you can make adjustments like that right from the checkout page. Um, and it's all about trying to keep you where you're at, um, keep you focused on completion, um, give you a sense of progress. Um, because we want to get every sale that we can for our merchants. So, wait, wh where does that appear then? Is that um, so? Let me just be clear: you, you've got this functionality, cart editing, where you can literally increment or decrement the amount of stuff in your cart. Um, we're not talking about modifying host, wholesale the actual product itself. You just you're just adding one or taking one away, and so on. Where does exactly. that? So that's before. The, the sort of payment section, you do that there, quick confirmation, up, down, up, down, get it just right, and then you're off to the, the payment section. Have I got that right? Or is this in some way yeah, so happening if, at the same time? Yeah, so if you're looking time, at or? the screenshot, yep. um, on the site, you know, on the right side is your card items. And oh, I see it. right underneath it. Yeah, so, okay, so just to explain, if you're not lucky enough to, to be able to watch this uh, on the website, so all of the stuff, like the payment details and which card you're going to select, that's on the left. It's about three-fifths of the UI and then on the right the remaining two-fifths is um, promo codes coupon codes and the total subtotal shipping and so on and so forth but yeah there it is there's there's the actual items in the cart with a little plus minus icon how's that on mobile does that does that you that got... works on mobile too yeah. um, it is collapsed um, by default in that order summary section because you know we're just trying to reduce the length um, mobile is really cumbersome to work with when you have so many required fields and things to do so um, we kind of hide it all up top and uh, it says show order summary so when you click it it just expands down and you can access all that same functionality so you could have gone through the entire checkout process except the complete order button anything before that moment you can alter the quantities in the cart and it will adapt and you can then click complete order Exactly. Nice. Yeah, that is a really nice feature. I like that a lot. I, I confess that had somehow passed me by, um, but there it is. Yeah, that's really nice. So the important question, which will be on everybody's minds, is uh, is what are the tiers? Is there a free tier? What's the cost of the, the different plans? Fairly, fairly typical pricing. You know, you've got three tiers. Firstly, is there a free version anywhere or are we only premium? There is not a free version. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've... we've uh... We've done premium before. Um, we actually have some premium products. Um, we love it. But um, for this plugin, um, it's really it takes a lot of effort 
to make it work, um, to keep it working, um, to provide really responsive support for it. Mm-hmm. And so um, we just don't think it would be wise for our premium customers to have a free tier. Um, it would just be a major distraction to have to um, provide support um, for all those free customers um, with the hopes that they eventually upgrade. So what we tell customers is that we really want um, customers who are all in that are kind of joining us together on this, that we're going to work on it to make it better together. Um, you know, and in, in that same spirit, you know, we have auto renewing um, subscriptions attached to everything. So um, we do limit functionality if your subscription expires um, because we don't, it, it takes a lot of work, like I said, and we, and we want to, we don't want to be supporting someone who bought the plugin four years ago yeah. um, who's no longer actively involved with us. So okay. yeah. um, we're trying to learn from advanced content templates that just moved to that model. You know, I think WooCommerce.com just moved to that model. Easy digital downloads is already there. Um, you know, a lot of uh, great products kind of died <laughs> in the model of selling lifetime licenses and um, yeah. giving away too much for free. So we're, we're trying to protect um, the product really yeah, um, and think, make sure that it's there for our customers yeah, years to come. I, I just think there's so many, so many arguments to, to be had in this space, you know, whether or not there should be a free, free tier or whether it should be, you know, premium only. I think it's, it's up to you, right? It's your product. If you want to have a free tier, have a free tier. If you don't want to have a free tier, everybody's clear. It's just start with the startup plan, which incidentally, uh, gets you one install. Uh, for one forty nine per year. Oh, speaking of like the the free version, there is of a of a fashion a free version. It looks like on all the plans you've got a free seven day trial, so you don't have to That's pony right. up the money and then um, you know play with it and realize it's not to your liking. You've got a free seven day option there, um, but you get one year of up- updates and support um, for that for the, the startup plan. Future standard features. I guess standard means startup. Does it? In that case, yeah, yeah, essentially. Okay, and then we've <laughs> not, got not restricted features. Okay, got it. Thanks. And then there, are, then there are other things which are available on the the larger plans. So we've got the growth plan at two four nine uh, per year. This allows you five installs with the same year of support and updates, and you've got a you've got premium features. So this cart editing, the address autocomplete, the thank you page, the order page, the one page checkout. That's all in the um, the growth. And then should you have a, a big agency, you might want to go for the developer plan, limiting you to 150 installs with all the features that I've just mentioned. Any other ones added in? No, I think it's the same set of features. And then if you are truly gigantic, you can send them an email to uh, to go for enterprise pricing for anything. If you've got 151 <laughs> or more, yeah. you need the enterprise plan. Um, yeah, we do okay. offer monthly plans too. Um, some customers like to start there, and then they'll upgrade to annual later to save a little bit on their annual cost. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we and we offer thirty day refunds too. So um, we realize that a product like this sometimes takes customers a while to um, experiment with it and play with it. Um, and so, if you ask for a refund, we're gonna. We're not going to hold you over a barrel and make you force, you know, force you to tell us how you tried your best to use it. We're just going to give you the refund. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, we'll offer to help out in any way we can. But um, I, I, I bought products before where you go to request a refund and there's they point to text in their refund that says, hey, oh, yeah, unless you tried every way uh. imaginable to make this work for you. 
um, we can't offer in a refund. And I think that's just really draconian and terrible. So yeah. there's um there's a really nice demo uh, section to the website. So w, w sorry check I keep wanting to say wc checkout checkout wc.com forward slash demos and you'll see you've got um you've got the option to kind of modify uh, the theme. It's showing you the different ways the checkout can look, and this is it's just showing you the images so you can look at what the information page looks like, look at what the shipping page looks like, and the payment page and the thank you page, and then underneath each of those images is a, a button called live demo and if you click on that rather than looking at images you can actually go and see what the checkout actually feels like and there it is in all of its glory so uh, check out wc.com forward slash demos if you wanted to go and check those out and then obviously check out wc.com if you feel like uh, you want to get in you know you want to get on board this and uh, and check it out for yourself Anything we missed or any place on social you want us to to mention this is your this is your moment to just basically hoover up all the things that I forgot about yeah I, I realized that we never really mentioned that there are four different um, kind of templates within checkout WC Please so um, you have it. kind of four starting designs um, so if your store um, has a different look and feel there's probably one that will uh, match up pretty well with it. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention, if I can, is mm -hmm. I've I've created a, a discount code for WP Builds Ooh, listeners. We like it. Yeah. So it's just uh, WP Builds, all one word, and that'll get you 15% off. Um, and that that discount uh, follows you as long as you have your license. That's um, so. very nice. Thank you so much. That's a really nice offer. Mentioning the um, mentioning the themes that you've got. Um, forgive me if I've got these wrong. They're on the demos page as well. Um, That's you've right. Got default theme, the futurist theme, which is a bit more industrial, modern looking. The Copify theme, which is uh, you know a bit of a nod yeah. to the shop. Where do we get that name? Yeah, yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say, yeah, yeah. And uh, the newest one in the bunch is the smooth and glassy glass theme which I have to say I think is my favorite. There's something about that. that uh, I like that. So, uh, yeah, check it out. And remember, as uh, Clifton just said, if you want to avail yourself for 15% off, WP Builds is the coupon code. Will that have an expiry date, or are you just going to let that one roll? Nope. You are uh, that will be available for all of time. Hey, that's great. Thank you so much. Uh, appreciate it. Go and check it out. Check out WC.com. Thanks for joining us today, Clifton. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that. Absolutely fascinating chatting to Clifton Griffin this week about Checkout WC. Remember, if this has piqued your interest, you can head over to the WPBuilds.com website, look at the show notes, and there's a coupon code there to get you 15% off Checkout WC. Thank you for that, Clifton. If you've got any comments to make, you can make them on the podcast episode at WPBuilds.com, or alternatively, why don't you head over to our Facebook group, wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook, and you could make some comments there. The WP Builds podcast was brought to you today by AB Split Test. Do you want to set up your AB Split Tests in record time? The new AB Split Test plugin for WordPress will have you up and running in a couple of minutes. Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part is it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder, and the WordPress block editor. You can check it out and get a free demo at absplittest.com. Okay, we shall be back next Thursday for another podcast episode. Why not join us at 2pm UK time on Monday? 
wpbuilds.com forward slash live or in the Facebook group wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook and join in the conversation over there. It's always a pleasure when people make those comments. If not, we'll see you at some point soon. Stay safe. Bye bye for now.